this is the most excited the fan base has been in a few years. I can't think of another time when morale was higher because there really is reason to think Auburn is closing the gap on its rivals. Yeah, because talent acquisition is such a huge thing, and we've talked about it before, Dan. It's not the only thing. Like, you know, obviously Auburn lost to teams that weren't as good as them on paper talent-wise. You know, New Mexico State's the big example, but you you could even look at a team like Ole Miss that is more transfer-heavy than, like, regular recruiting-heavy, and that's going to continue as long as Lane Kiffin's uh, in charge in Oxford. Uh, But, I mean, it's just that that can help out a lot because – you know, I think that was kind of the difference. You know, even with some of the positives that Auburn had in the last era, you know, the way recruiting and the way the roster kind of transformed in that offseason, it's kind of set up for 2022 to be in a really bad spot. And Auburn's lost guys, and, and they didn't get everything they wanted in recruiting. But it is, uh, you know, it is in a – the roster is in a completely different spot than it was – um, you know, a couple of years ago, the last time Auburn was in a bowl game. And I think that counts for something. It, it, you're ultimately going to be judged on wins and losses, but especially in a year one, you can at least say you're heading in the right direction. And I think, you know, even from just a vibes perspective, like we were talking about, Dan, like getting a win can help you like, okay, that's tangible. You can point to that and say, hey, you're getting better here. You, you, you didn't have a losing record. You are be- recruiting better. You know, no one's going to throw you a parade for any of this, but – it's all about showing like proof of concept. We talk about that a lot. How much is this game could could help you out in the in the proof of concept department, even if it's just a standard bowl game? And, and Auburn going into this game with the player that we think is the quarterback uh, next year as well in in Peyton Thorne. You know, I, I mean that that puts Auburn at, at a unique uh, position compared to a lot of teams playing in the postseason this year because they feel like the guy who's going to be playing quarterback for them next season is also playing quarterback for them in the bowl game right now. Maryland, on the other hand, it's it's kind of a sign of the times in modern college football where Maryland has a situation where the starting quarterback this season is not participating in the bowl game. They've already made a move in the transfer portal getting uh, MJ Morris, the NC State transfer, who he's the guy who went into the portal after playing four games to preserve his own eligibility earlier this season. He's coming to Maryland after uh, you know next next semester. So Maryland has a couple of guys playing quarterback in this bowl game who were not you know they they did not take the majority of the action at quarterback this season and or the, la- or the last four years. Yeah, keep in mind, Talia Tagovailoa has been their guy for four years now. Yeah, big Big Ten career leader in passing yards. Uh, Tagovailoa more passing yards than anybody in the in the history of the Big Ten, and uh, and now. You've got a new quarterback coming in who who presumably is is going to take over. So they've almost got like a lame duck situation at quarterback in this game, and and maybe that's an opportunity for one of these guys to make a real push for competing for the starting job or to go into the portal themselves because the portal is still open. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, it's uh, it, it would seemingly give Auburn the advantage going into this game because you know Maryland is kind of rolling the dice with guys who weren't on the field this year at quarterback. Right. Uh, Maryland going to be playing uh, uh, backup quarterback and uh, 1970s NASCAR uh, name. Billy Edwards Jr. will be your, your starting quarterback for Maryland. Uh, Michael Oxley has also said that uh, Cam Edge, uh, their third-string quarterback, will get involved in this game as well. 
Uh, and then you're right, MJ Morris, a guy that Auburn had talked about, like that he was kind of linked to Auburn a couple of classes, you know, maybe last year, maybe a couple of classes ago. Um, people are saying, hey, if he hops into the portal, I think it was last year, if he hops in the portal, Auburn would be interested. He ends up staying at NC State. Now he's in the portal. Now he's going to Maryland. Uh, will be interesting there. But, yeah, Dan, I mean, to, to your point, I wrote about it on, on Thursday at the Observer. It is really interesting to look at it when you put all the numbers out. If you look at yards per passing play, and that's not just yards per pass, but you throw in sacks and stuff like that as well, scrambles, uh, get, get into it as well. But yards per pass play this season, in the six games where Auburn had the advantage, they, they had more yards per pass play than their opponent, they were 6-0. and In the six games that they didn't have it, they were 0-6. And you go into this game against Maryland where you have your starting quarterback. Now, we will talk about it. You do not – you have a skeleton crew at wide receiver. You have your own, you know, def, you know, opt-outs, and, and you're missing some key players on defense that you relied on all year long. But for Peyton Thorne and this passing game, I know you're going to get a bu- bunch of new receivers next year, and you're going to try to try to turn it loose, you know, with some more experience and some more reps in the system. But for Peyton Thorne and this passing game, this is an opportunity where you look at a Maryland team and say, hey, we've got, we should have the advantage at quarterback. We've got our experienced starter. You don't. Let's lean into that. Let's, let, let, let's take advantage. And if Auburn can be the better team through the air than Maryland can, which is no easy task because Maryland's going to throw the ball around the yard a lot. That's just how they are. Under Loxley, you can get an advantage. And, oh, by the way, on top of that, we talk about Auburn missing – Several key players on defense: Marcus Harris, uh, Nehemiah Pritchett, DJ James, obviously uh, being the big opt-outs. Maryland, you could argue that three of their best defensive players have opted out in this game. Uh, their top two defensive backs, including their their their, their high-level corner and their best linebacker, are also out in this game. So there is an opportunity here for Auburn to say, "Hey, we've got the advantage at quarterback. Let's use it." And, Dan, as, as the season has gone on, it's kind of been as straightforward as it can be. When Auburn is moving the ball through the air better than their opponent, um, you know, they, they usually win that game. When it goes the other way, they usually lose. And so that's why you don't want to oversimplify football. There's a lot of moving parts there. But that is such a big part of what Auburn has done and not done this season that it's hard to ignore that they've Auburn's got Peyton Thorne, Maryland's got a backup. Can, can you make that count? Interesting to wonder if Maryland can take advantage of Auburn's absences in the secondary uh, with, uh, with with what Aub- with what Maryland is is having to replace uh, there on the there on the offense and, and then for uh, you know you you mentioned the skeleton crew at receiver that, that Auburn is bringing I'd be interested to know Justin between and I know there are some non receivers who could factor in you've written about uh, that as well uh, with, uh, with with some of the guys who who maybe aren't listed at receiver but could be targets. For, uh, for for passes in in this bowl game, but of the guys who are going to be playing receiver in this game, and, and especially of the four with eligibility remaining, right? Caleb, Jay Fair, Camden Brown, Coy Moore. Is there one, uh, or, or or even more than one that, that you think could be uh, a big part of the Auburn passing attack on uh, in the Music City Bowl? I really, you know, I think I think that I just continue to be impressed every time I watch Caleb, Caleb Burton. And I think it's just the way he moves and the way he runs routes is so impressive. Um, he's a guy that, you know, I, I think you use in a variety of ways. I think he is not just a slot guy, and I think that's going to be helpful because next season Auburn's bringing in some dudes who are 
slot guys probably more than more than anything else. Um, yeah, Burton, we saw him kind of second half of the season be more and more involved in this offense and kind of take some of that you had. You know, Jay Fair, I don't want to ignore Jay Fair at all, but Jay Fair started hot, wasn't as productive towards the end of the season, and it felt like it flipped towards Caleb Burton. Obviously, with no Javarius Johnson in this game, those opportunities are going to open up a little bit more. I like Caleb Burton a lot. Uh, and I think it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, you don't want to become a slave just to, you know, Hey, what was his, what was his ranking coming out of high school? But like if Auburn's banking on long-term that talent's going to win out, Caleb Burton was as good of a receiver as Auburn has signed in, in a, in a long time before this class, as good as a receiver as they've signed in a long time transferring in. And so you want to lean to that. And I guess the other one to keep in mind, watch out for, watch out for Cameron Brown in this game. I mean, Cantor Brown would have every reason in the world, I think, to hop into the portal because he's a guy with multiple years left of eligibility. He hasn't really been, hadn't really broken through to be a consistent, you know, go-to guy for Auburn uh, in this passing attack. But he's still here, and and he could still leave, and any of these guys could still leave. There's another whole another window coming up, and Auburn's bringing in a lot of receivers for next season. But Cameron Brown, man, like he's got – I mean, physically Cameron Brown has like – he checks a lot of boxes that you would want. It's just about putting it all together. And he's a guy that I think Auburn would love to to, to see have a big game here or just kind of step up because of his size and his length and his athleticism and due to the fact that Auburn spent most of the season just not having a ton, um, you know, out wide in, in terms of those traditional – uh, you know, outside receiver roles. You're going to see Shane Hooks in this game. You're probably going to see Nick Martiner in this game just because Auburn has, you know, Auburn does not have very many dudes out there. But Camden Brown is a guy that I really like, um, you know, out wide in this game. And, and you know, Dan, we're talking about the passing game. I can't – you can't go much further without mentioning that, like, yeah, Auburn's going to use a lot of multi-tight end sets in this game. I think they're going to play a lot of multi-back sets in this game too just because of the wide receiver deficiencies. Like – we were at practice on Wednesday. Rivaldo was basically lining up at wide receiver, which makes sense. He did that a decent bit this year, anyway. Uh, and then, um, I mean, if you're looking for a, a a sneaky pick to click in this game, Jeremiah Cobb makes a ton of sense too. Just as a guy who's got really good pass catching ability out of the backfield, and, and Auburn was very—I I don't know how many snaps he got this season that weren't in a kind of two back set that were out of, outside of garbage time. A lot of the the creative stuff they did with Jeremiah this year was in that two-back stuff, and Dan, like, that that seems to be a good way to go in this matchup if you know you don't have a ton of guys to rely on a wide receiver. 